Welcome to the Curiosity Cured the Kate podcast. I'm your host, Kate Sahalis. In today's episode, my guest and I will discuss his experience of preparing for new fatherhood under the umbrella that is 2020 with all of its harsh realities and complexities. He'll share his perspective on where we're currently at and where he hopes we'll go as a society. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks so much for sharing in this conversation. So I'm here today with my fantastic friend, Alan Kingsley. Thank you for being here, Alan. Fantastic. Uh, you're very, very welcome. I Thank you for calling me fantastic. <laughs> well, we've been friends a long time. I feel like if you weren't fantastic, I probably wouldn't still have kept you around. You know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I accept the title of fantastic. Thank All you. Right, good. I'm you're glad. welcome for knowing me. <laughs> So let's set the stage a little bit here. Can you tell the listeners how we know each other? We know each other uh, through a little bookstore in Middletown, Connecticut. It used to be called Broad Street Books. I don't know if it's still there, to be honest with you. But we went to the same college and didn't know each other. But right after I got out of college, I got a job at the local bookstore for the local university because it seemed like a good transition job between being a college student and being a real person. And they decided that as new guy, I would go, uh, you know, the best person to train me was somebody who knew all the same stuff I knew. So they stuck me with Katie. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, we have a lot in common and she's super fun and she puts up with me. And so we became really good friends and suddenly it's been 17 years later and we still talk. So Jeez. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's the 30-second version. Oh, why don't you tell them what our favorite thing to do together is? Oh, well, we are, for a long time now, uh, board game friends. <laughs> yep. Back when I was, uh, you know, back in my single days, I got very big into hobby board games and I started casting about for people to play them with because it turns out you can buy lots of board games and wind up with a whole collection and have never played a single one of them because you're all by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And I forced Katie and her husband to play and it turns out I think they liked them too. So they had me bring them back and uh, we started doing it on a regular basis. And then eventually I met the woman who had become my wife and it turns out she liked board games too. And now her kids have grown up and they like board games too. And so we get together and we play games together when there's not a pandemic going on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I have to jump back a little bit. Do you hear my cat? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Hi, Suki. <laughs> I'm just going to let her do that for a few minutes. Um, so when we met at the bookstore, this is, this is really weird. I have a handful of people in my life that I remember the exact moment that I met them, and you're one of those people. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. It's nothing bad. It's so, remember the in, well, so when I started working there, it was Atticus Books. I started the year before you. Then it became Broad Street Books. And um, I can't remember if it was our boss, Pat, or our 
boss, Betty Ann, who brought me to you. But I went downstairs and you know how where the the textbook section all the way to the back, there was the break room, I think, back there. Yep. So you were all the way on the right hand side um, in one of the textbook aisles and you were crouched down on the floor putting textbooks away. And I remember that distinctly. You know, Isn't it's funny. Weird? I remember that too. I re- that was the you first do? thing that we did. Yes, I do. You that's I was on the back wall with the textbooks and yeah. they brought you up and they introduced us and you were going to show me how to put textbooks on shelves, I guess. <laughs> was I good <laughs> I, at it? <laughs> it? You were sublime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was. But it's so weird because I don't have a great memory and but just there's snapshots of things in my mind and that happens to be one of them. So that's funny that you remember it too um, because it wasn't anything spectacular. Like it was just a random, you know, typical sort of activity we would do there. But I do remember right. it. That's so funny. That's so funny. I yeah, I, th- I think I remember it because it was my second day there. So everything was still kind of shiny and new and learning how to do stuff. And yeah, that was, uh, yeah. but I remember that very distinctly. Oh, that's funny. I like that. Um, and then you also just celebrated a very important moment, right? Yeah. It's been an important couple of years for us, actually, uh, for, for me and my wife, I should say. Uh, two years ago, right around now, we got married. We just celebrated our second anniversary. Uh, a year ago, right around now, we bought a house. And mm-hmm. this past January, we found out that we are expecting. Yes. So we are going to have a baby girl born in September. Yeah. So, okay. So we have a a lot to get into, but before we get to now, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about what life was like for you in March. So let's go back to, you know, the beginning of March and let's, let's start there with how things were looking. All right. So where we were a couple of months ago, um, well, I am employed in, uh, about an hour away at one of the other universities in uh, in Connecticut uh, as an academic advisor. And so my general day was, you know, waking up and uh, shoveling down breakfast and hopping in the car and driving 45 minutes to get to the city of Waterbury, where I would go park up in the parking garage and walk a block and get into my building where I would do my job for eight hours or possibly eight and a half. My job is not one that has, while I technically have a shift, it is very easy for uh, it to spill over into off hours. And then when I was done with that, I would have to pack up, walk another block, get back to the parking garage, drive another 45 minutes and get home for about 7.30, at which point it would be time mm-hmm. for dinner. Uh, my wife is um, a... Uh, is part of management in an insurance office in Hartford, which is pretty close to where we are. But she has uh, a pretty short commute, but very long hours. Um, again, she's a salaried worker. She technically has eight hours, but she has far more than eight hours of work to do in a single day. So often, because she would get to work at 4.30, my shift would end at 6, but maybe I'm not home until 7 or 7.30. She would stay late. <laughs> and that is... Uh, you know, a lot of it was trying to struggling to fit in a lot of other things on top of working and commuting. And it was um, it was a lot. I would never say that things weren't going well, because I, I think that they were going fine. Uh, I think that things were going as fine as anybody has things that go fine. 
but there is a lot to fit into each day. I think we both have jobs that require a lot of our attention and they require a lot of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we were tired a lot. Um, we were, she was also in her first trimester. When we got back to March, we found out uh, January 4th, I think that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So uh, come March, she was at the end of her first trimester. So there's lots of sleeping, lots of tiredness, lots of, um, lots of changes going on and me okay. learning to adapt to that. Okay. Um, so that's been, again, I, this is our the first child for both of us. And so there's a lot of learning going on at the same time too. And a lot of figuring out what does this mean? What does that mean? What can you still do? I'm terrified to let her do anything. And uh, she is, uh, you know, and she's trying to figure out, she's a planner. She's so, so much more of a planner than yes, I am. Yes, she is. So she's busy making lists and figuring out how quickly we can check things off lists. Uh, so we, we had that about her. uh, God, me too. You're so not like that. No, no. I I've gotten better about that. I actually, ever since she shoved me into the 21st century and maybe buy an iPhone, (laughs) I have, I have lists and lists and lists of things to keep track of things to things to try one day games. I've been meaning to play chores. I've been meaning to do here. You know, I just wrote down recently all the steps, how to clean the bathroom. Um, as soon as she got pregnant, it became clear to me that she is not allowed to clean the bathroom anymore. One, cause there's cat litter in there sometimes, but two, because if anybody finds out that my six month pregnant wife is on her hands and knees cleaning the bathroom, then I lose, you know, I, that's it. My, my life is over. So that's now my responsibility, except I don't know what I'm doing. So I had her go through, like I'm five years old, give me every single step of every single thing that has to be done. So on my phone, I have my list of, this is how you cook this particular meal. This is how, again, you clean the bathroom from top to bottom. This is how, you know, here's a list of all of the things that we normally get at Walmart, but sometimes we already have them. So let me go check all the maybe, maybe foods before I go shopping again. There's lists and lists. (laughs) Are you starting to appreciate all of the information that most women keep in their heads at all times and nobody realizes that all that information is circulating but it always is and it's just going to increase once the baby comes <laughs> you know i i think yeah i've never had anything but respect and she's she's always impressed me but yeah having to take on some of those additional duties just some of those additional duties is uh is a bit of a wake up call to how much she is doing when i'm not looking yeah well, you you touched on what my question was going to be was really about how you were managing before. And it sounds like, um, you know, you and Amanda are both very easygoing and just appreciative people. So you're not, you know, you're not ones to complain, I don't think. I mean, maybe we bitch and moan a little bit, but like, <laughs> but you're not a, you're not, I don't consider you a big complainer. Um, I appreciate so, that. That's, um, I, yeah, I, I, I honestly... Don't. I tend to believe that I am never happier than when I have something to complain about. So I'm glad I mask it from some people at least. <laughs> so That's why you and Zach get along. He says it's, it's like it one is. of his favorite hobbies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but you were you were tired and you were, you know, the commute was definitely a factor mm. and I know that you were working um pretty pretty long days it felt like because both you and Amanda yeah. would come home and often, you know, do some things on the outside of the office time. So, um, but I think that, you know, because you're a good team, you are making it work. But, you know, since we've gone into lockdown, obviously so much has changed, particularly for the two of you, um, the pregnancy. 
So can you tell me a little bit about what that's been like? Well, it's been it's been interesting. I, I think we have some friends who are in various stages of pregnancy. And so they gave us a little bit of a preview of what some of these things were going to be. But there are a lot of moments that just end up looking a little different than we thought that they were that, that, that they would. Um, I got to go to the first big appointment uh, that she had with the doctor where we got to do got to see, a, you know, a little bit of an ultrasound and just sort of see a little tadpole thing. And just confirmation, like, no, you're not, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not dreaming. You are pregnant. Like, okay, wonderful. But then since then, I haven't gotten to go to a single doctor's appointment. You know, I have not gotten yeah. to see the ultrasound or the sonogram or the whatever. Um, you know, I, I have not gotten to see the baby at all. I am able to be on the phone. Um, but even things like FaceTiming, they initially allowed and now they don't. Really? So. Yeah, apparently there was something where they were asking people, please don't record our people or don't broadcast our people. And people that were not sense. listening. And so now yeah. they've just, because people wouldn't stop and actually pay attention to the rules, they just shut it down for everyone. So yeah, I can be on the phone audibly, but just things like hearing the baby's heartbeat. You know, I haven't really gotten to do that. And honestly, that's, that's a bummer. You know, it's, I, I get to hear it a little bit through the phone, but it's not the same thing. I don't get to look the doctor in the eye. I don't get to, I can ask questions if I have them, but if I'm not in the room, then that becomes uh, a little harder for me to think on my feet that way. I think yeah, that there's, um, there are a lot of things that, you know, we've had friends who have, we just had a virtual baby shower uh, this past <sighs> weekend, which was nice and they said this is not our baby shower this is not my cousin's wife who is uh actually gave birth three days later um Aww. yeah so yeah we have a new baby in the kingsley family we're very excited <laughs> but uh but it was earlier than anybody expected for sure and uh but yeah we got to go to a virtual baby shower which was it was cute but all of yeah. the things that normally happen at a baby shower we didn't get to do with the other people who are participating. You know, you don't really get to talk amongst yourselves. You don't really get to talk to her because you're on a video chat with 50 other people. Right. And so we have to look at our own, you know, we have that coming up. So what are we going to do? Are we going to just suck it up and do the virtual thing? Because that's what we've got to do in order for everyone to be there. Or do we want to push it to very, very late and get to, uh, you know, and, and try and go for an in-person thing, knowing that there are going to be some people who aren't going to be able to make it because they're, you know, they're high risk or they're, you know, they're elderly or they're whatever. Yeah. Um, and you guys have are... a lot of friends. You know, we you do. have a lot of friends and family. When you had your housewarming party, I couldn't believe how many people were there. I don't even know if I know that many people. Like you just you yeah. keep a lot of, a, a lot of friends and, and people that, people that aren't just showing up because it feels like, uh, you know, an obligation, but people that genuinely want to be there for you. I mean, your wedding was a huge, you know, was a huge yeah. event. Um, yeah. I mean, not huge, huge, like it wasn't a 700 person wedding, but you had a lot of people No, there. but you know, it's so, it's so many of the right people were there. It, we were just talking about it the other day cause it was our anniversary and it was, it was the perfect wedding for both of us. And just to have so many people who were able to make it out for us was, um, just really, really special. It was a wonderful day, and uh, and for those who do not know, the sinister minister was uh, was the woman who married us. We were uh, she yeah. was the officiant at the ceremony, and it was the best. It was that the best. was like one of my favorite days. It was so fucking hot though. 
Can we just put that out there? Because I thought there was a good chance that one of the three of us was going to go down. That was all we <laughs> so asked for was, please don't rain, please don't rain, please don't rain. And lucky us, we did. It, it only started to rain just as we were packing up the car, but we forgot to ask for anything else. So instead, it was. It felt like 105 degrees. It was unbearably it was so hot. hot. Beautiful grounds. So there was such a nice outdoor area that we all, 104 of us, could have taken advantage of. And instead, we were all just crammed in the ballroom because nobody wanted to leave. Yeah. It, well, because, you know, because all of the guests were in direct sun. I mean, I yes. was sweating my ass off, but I was looking at all the guests that were just like squinting. into the sun but even though everybody was like sweating and squinting there was so many smiles like so much smiling and tears and it was just it was so good I was so happy to to do that for you guys no I said it was really really wonderful I don't remember those I mostly just remember trying very hard not to cry and not terrible not really succeeding but that's okay it made for good pictures a lot less than I thought you would have like I expected Amanda, Amanda to completely hold it together, and I thought that you were going to be crying through the whole thing, and then I thought I was going to start crying. Bet. Yeah, <laughs> but there was the the perfect amount of tears because we could still understand what everyone was saying, so it was it was perfect. Yeah, we made an early decision to do a first look, so I got to see her in her wedding dress before the ceremony, and you know they did photos and things like that, and I think that was the only reason that I was able to to keep it together because well that's because amanda knows you well and i'm sure she thought of that ahead of time that's exactly right yeah it was perfect (laughs) it was perfect and she did look beautiful god she did um so she really really did um, so okay now i'm getting yeah sorry we got way off track there (laughs) (laughs) that's okay that's a good it was a good tangent so um so yes so you had a lot of people at you know at all of your events so thinking about doing that virtually is um i mean i guess that's an obvious consideration but that probably feels a little bit lacking exactly i mean you know it's weird uh, amanda's family has not seen her since january 1st you know she hasn't gotten to to show off her baby bump she hasn't gotten to go in you know she hasn't had to have the experience of going out to the store and have somebody putting her hand on her on her bump and going like how far along are you all of those those things that are kind of a part of pregnancy um she was at work for her entire first trimester but has missed her entire second trimester she's probably not going back to work until she's in her third which means that sort of middle period of pregnancy where you both like you're in sort of the full glow of pregnancy but still but not not so tired that you can't enjoy it Mm-hmm. Um, she spent that entire thing in the house. Um, it, yeah. yeah. And given she's already high risk, but being pregnant on top of that, you know, I've done all the grocery shopping for three months and although we're saving a ton on gas, we're spending a whole lot extra on food. And so yeah, I'm doing we all are. by myself trips to the grocery store. And at this point that means I'm gone for three plus hours trying to mm-hmm. fight through all the stores by myself. Normally we'll go together. We'll split it up. We'll knock it out. And that's just not the case. We do lots of FaceTiming about how, what, what kind of meat does the, does Stop and Shop have today? And, you know, do they have chicken? No, they don't have chicken. Okay, well, do they have pork? Yeah, they have this pork thing. It's not pork chops. It's some other pork thing I've never heard of. Do you want it? I don't think I want it. I could make this thing. It, you know, and it's just, it's all FaceTiming. It's all done through masks. And, uh, yeah, and, and frankly, I'd, you know, I think being on her feet that long is very difficult. It's no fun for me either, but it's, uh, yeah. you know, she's busy growing a human. And these are all, I should say, I am happy to do all this stuff. 
you know, it's, it's, this is, if this is what I need to do so she can grow us a healthy daughter, then I am, <laughs> I will take on all that and more. But, um, but it's unfortunate because I know it's something that, that was some of our time together. You know, we've had a lot of our week, unfortunately, is not spent together. So grocery shopping, as much of a pain in the butt as it could be, was time that we got to hang out. And yeah. so now we don't do that, although we see a lot more of each other in other ways. Well, one of the times we talked on the phone sort of at the beginning of this, you were you mentioned to me about how Amanda wasn't getting to be seen. And that really like stuck with me because, you know, as that's a part of pregnancy, I really remember. And as much as, you know, some women um, really have people very intrusive towards them, you know, and, and strangers putting their hands on them or just asking super personal questions, there's, um, you know, certainly some of that, but there's also this, this period where you're so special you know the world sees that you're in the middle of this really amazing experience and unless you're just feeling awful or there's just very negative circumstances around the pregnancy um it's just it's a time that is like no other and you know when you told me that she was she was missing all that it really made me stop and think and i felt so sad i felt so sad for her and also for for anyone else who's other women that are pregnant right now and their husbands as well because you know you you are also trying to support her through this experience but now she doesn't have all her other people around her and yes they're there virtually but it's not it's not quite the same so to the, be the partner of someone um who's who's going through this experience especially a first baby without having those extra support people um, you know, that, that feels like a big deal. And yeah, even just the food shopping, I mean, it's nice for you to be out in public with her and to kind yeah. of see the response and you're missing that as well. And I, I feel like that's something that needs to be acknowledged because it is, um, you know, it's a big deal. And, and as far as your extended family, how are they dealing with all of this? Cause like you said, I mean, she hasn't really seen anybody. You know, I, I feel like recently. we're, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think that we're, we're doing the best that we can. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think that everybody is so excited to see her on the, the few occasions when we have gotten to see people. It's always a big deal. You know, since all this has started, we've been, <laughs> we, we've attended birthday parades. We went to a drive-by wake. We've gone to a virtual oh, wedding. Wow. Um, you know, we've done all of these things that are just sort of like these, these glances with people, glancing blows against the rest of humanity. And I think there's always kind of a, okay, stand up and look at the camera or, Hey, you know, get out of the car and, and show off your bump and then get back in the car. <laughs> and then I think there are those opportunities and I think we are relishing them when they show up because it is exciting and it is fun. And it's like you said, that, that acknowledgement, it, it matters. It's a big deal. And especially for, I imagine your first baby, it's, it's something big, but I think, the family's been hugely supportive. You know, everyone's excited. Um, and we're, we are doing the best with the circumstances that we have. Right before this all came down, we were actually supposed to go down to Florida. And mm -hmm. we were, that was the one thing that she really, really wanted was to, let's go down. My mother lives down there. Well, well that was to go to the beach and enjoy it while she can enjoy it. Because when we hit summer, like now, when she is going to the end of her second trimester, beginning of her third, it just, the beach, the thing stops being fun. That's the, that's the rumor. 
<laughs> and yeah, the further you get into your pregnancy, that can be the case. Yeah. So she wanted to go down to Florida in March, enjoy the nice weather, um, you know, see my mother. They were actually going to go down to one of the stores and start their baby registry. Uh, so my mom could be a part of that. And unfortunately, we wound up having to cancel everything. Uh, we still don't even have our plane tickets refunded, actually. We need to call Spirit and yell at them. But that's <laughs> yeah, 500 bucks. I mean, no, that's a big um, deal. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, we didn't get to do that. And that's really unfortunate. But we have found other ways to try and keep people engaged. You know, it's, she's got the app on her phone that every Friday we get to see, you know, what new fruit is the baby right now. And, you know, <laughs> here's the handprint and here's the footprint and here's what it will be and here's what it is right now. And so she's got her, her little list serve of people who she sends all of the screenshots to every Friday. Um, you know, she makes sure that we have, that we have those conversations with the people who are important and the people who, you know, um, the people that she wants to share this experience with. And it's just, it's finding different ways to do the same thing. There's still a lot of joy there and a lot of love and a lot of support. It's just a little different than, you know, than we were expecting or that, you know, that any of the books prepared us for because we're just sort of doing it ourselves. Yeah. But, you know, on sort of the flip side, you have been kind of in your own little cocoon for this time. Have there been any silver linings to to sort of being so close together during this time i i would say there's been a lot of silver lining honestly i mean i think we we are very lucky um i think it's you know i've heard a lot of people say this and it's certainly true for us we are both in jobs where transitioning to remote work was very easy uh we're also both in jobs that did not have to reduce hours we don't have um we don't have to have a lot of exposure to anything dangerous unless we, you know, unless we are choosing to do so, or, you know, it's suddenly I've got to go grocery shopping. You know, a lot of that has been, we're, we're still more, we're in a lot of ways we're living the same life that we used to, but I get to do things like have lunch every day with my wife, which is awesome. You know, we get to, um, you know, although I don't get to be, uh, at the doctor's appointments, you know, I can pick her up and drop her off. I can sign off on my job for 45 minutes and stay on the phone with them and the doctor. And so even if I can't be there, you know, my job during this time, my job is letting me be flexible enough to get to do stuff like that. And I don't have to worry about being across the state when she's doing these things. Um, I think that there's, you know, we, we've had that opportunity to, you know, get to have a little bit of downtime because, when work is over for me at five o'clock, again, I work a job that can certainly spill over into other hours, but really I can sign off. I walk out of the dining room into the living room and mm-hmm. I'm off now. And she walks out of the office and into the living room and she's off now. And then we can both, you know, we can both enjoy whatever. I'm not too exhausted to give her a foot rub or I'm not, you know, I, I can sit there and help out with things that maybe she'd feel compelled to try and do herself that she shouldn't be doing because she's stubborn like that. Um, (laughs) you know, it's, I, it's, we can talk, we don't have to wait until we're just too drained to talk before we see each other. So we get to have some of those experiences, you know, I've, she's, the baby's been kicking up a storm. I can't feel it yet, but every night I get to try and I don't have to worry about, you know, I used to do teaching at night on the side and that's on hiatus right now, which I'm again, pretty thankful for. 
Um, I don't have to worry about, well, I'll sit here for two minutes, but then I've got to go and grade papers or hop online and complete a discussion board or, you know, any of those things that used to pull me away. I have the opportunity instead to go and, and sit with my wife and I can, we can have conversations that, um, conversations don't have to have a point. They never did. We're very good at being goofy and, you know, uh, <laughs> ephemeral, yes, but, uh, <laughs> At the same time, you know, I, I can sit, I feel like I can sit there and have her talk about, you know, it's not just how was your day, but how are you feeling or what's new or what's different or I'm feeling like this and my brain doesn't have to drift elsewhere. And yeah. I don't know if that's where I would have been if things were as they were in March or February. So just that little extra breathing space and that, you know, we're together for so much more of the day that we don't have to fill the time we have with well, how was your day? Well, how was your day? How was this thing? Oh, here are the three important things I need to tell you. You know, we can kind of let the conversation meander. Yeah. And uh, and there's something nice about that, especially when things are different right now. You know, this is uh, the pregnancy is like nothing either of us have have done before. They've certainly not been involved at this level in before. <laughs> and so there's, I think, a lot to talk about, a lot of little things and a lot of just observations and that's been really nice. And I think it's something I'm going to look back on and be really happy about. I'm glad for that. Now you mentioned earlier that she is going to be going back to work towards at some point in her third trimester trimester. Are you also going to be physically going back? We honestly, we don't know. Um, right now her job is absolutely closed until July 1st. Uh, July 1st is in July 1st is not a date to come back. July 1st is just, that's the first time we are going to talk about it again. That's just a okay. date on the calendar to reopen discussion. Um, so we don't know she's due in the you know, beginning of September. So we are expecting my mm -hmm. personal expectation is that she is going to be back to work for like four or five weeks. <laughs> and then she's yeah. going to be going out on maternity leave. Um, uh, I, and we actually, we haven't even mentioned that when you're, when your due date, well, your due date is actually oh, a very easy date to remember. Yes, our, our due date is September 11th. So, yeah. you know, that's uh, obviously there's there's a lot going on on that day. But on it's our immediate reaction to it was like, oh, OK, wow. But what a nice way to rechristen that day, you know. Yeah. So if that's yeah. the day it's going to be, then that's the day it's going to be. And the, it will instead get to be the happiest day of my life, you know. <laughs> I love that. Well, and, and that, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, yeah. And she's going to come when she's going to come. <laughs> you know, like I said, yeah. we had that baby shower last Saturday and, you know, and uh, my cousin's wife went into labor on Monday night. So wow. sometimes it just happens and we're okay with that too. We're not, we're not that okay with it. The nursery is not ready yet, <laughs> but it's still, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're going to see, but yeah, but that is our target date. So no one's going to forget it. No, no. But, you know, my kids were both seven days, seven days late. And Logan actually arrived on the eighth day after. I mean, I started going into labor on the seventh day after my due date. And then he came the next day and Scarlett, same thing, seven days after. But thankfully, labor was not as long. <laughs> no. Well, she is allowed to so, bake for as long as she needs to bake. Yeah. And you know what? She might she might need a little extra time. So she'll, like you said, she's going to come when she comes. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I need to ask you this question 
because you're such a thoughtful person and our, you know, our conversations have spanned um, a lot of territory. But as things start to open back up, we're also, you know, we're, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and we're also seeing the world break open in so many ways. Um, you know, the systemic racism in our country is being brought to light in ways that I pray will start to create positive change. Um, we're on the heels of the 2020 election. Um, our, the air just around us, I feel like, is heavy with outrage and pain. And there are many who are screaming for change and others who are willing to do anything to keep things the same. Um, this is a huge topic. But my question for you is how do you feel about welcoming your first child at this moment in history? This moment is the biggest moment I think any of us living right now could imagine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a big one. Yeah, you know, I, I've actually thought a lot about that for a very long time. Um, I figured you had. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it, the first time that idea ever got broached to me, um, like in, in any context, was the movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage and, uh, and God, uh, Sean I've ever, Connery. I've seen that a million years ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I you, Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, they have to break back into Alcatraz. It's been taken over by the military who are upset because the government denied them a bunch of money they were promised. Uh, I think I have seen it, but it's been a long time. Oh, it's great. It's it's Michael Bay in his prime back before. Well, Michael Bay has always been Michael Bay, but he's a worse version now. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) There's a point in the early movie where Nicolas Cage finds out from his girlfriend that she's pregnant. And he's gone off on this whole thing about how can you think about bringing a child into this world that we're living in, you know, when the world is the way it is. And I remember that really spun my head around at, you know. 17 or however old I was when that movie came out and just that idea of like yeah that's a terrible thing to do to a person it sucks right now <laughs> and you know and, the, and this was back in 1997 the worst thing that we had going on was Bill Clinton being impeached and <laughs> you yeah, know God. and that was and and that is in you know from a 2020 lens that's hysterical um yeah, you're right but the last 20 years have been have been a lot. They've been a lot. And I think um, a lot of, I, well, I won't say a lot of us, I'll speak for myself. I have gone through an awful lot of changes in the last 20 years in the way I thought about things and what I believed in and what I thought was right or wrong. And we are in a crazy time right now. But, you know, I feel like... I can't help also feeling like we live in a time of a lot of opportunity. And, you know, I think that we are living in a very strange time. I would love to say that, you know, I got to raise my daughter in a time when things were pretty okay, but I don't really know what that means. You know, I don't know. I don't know if there really was a time where I truly firmly believe we are in a very different place now. You know, it's things have never, there's never been a good old days. That's a lie. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a lie. Right. The people who are, you know, and the people who remember it as the good old days, probably only in the good old days because they had a decent amount of money and they were white. But yep. I think that the, 
you know, I, I think in general, though, even back then, that was an illusion because you all expected to die in a nuclear blast. You know, it couldn't have been that good. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot to teach. I think that there's a lot to, you know, I, I get to raise my daughter in a time that is able to see racism for what it is. You know, I think I can raise her in a way that gets to show, I can show her when she's ready, of course, but I get to show her that there are people out there who are willing to fight for, for change and for justice and people who can think about things in complex and multifaceted ways. You know, I think that there's, it's a scary thing, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, uh, I don't know. I, I'm I not even sure word. I have a, a concise point to bring it to other than why not now? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It, you yeah. use the word opportunity. And I think, I think that is, that is the word that it, um, like you said, there's nothing that's coming to light now that hasn't always been there, but now, um, there's, there's, there's a spotlight on it in a way that's needed to be always. And yeah. you are going to be able to, um, to teach her and guide her and learn yourself, um, through this process. And I do, I do truly believe that despite everything that we're experiencing right now, that there is, um, there is hope and there's enough people that are committed to doing the work to, um, to change, you know, to yeah. change what needs to change. I feel like you and I got raised, you know, we got raised in the late eighties and early nineties ish. Mm -hmm. And I think we were raised in a time where we were led to believe not, not explicitly, but implicitly that, that politics was over. You know, the cold war was over. The United States won life is good. And it, look at those silly people who still care about politics. We kind of lived like we were at the end of history. And yeah. that isn't, you know, in, in, in retrospect, of course, that's silly. But, you know, we always feel like we're living at the end of history. But, you know, I think we got lulled into this sense of security that, you know, what, it doesn't really matter anymore because we did it. It's over. Mm -hmm. And it just took a couple of years, a couple of pushes in the wrong direction and some terrible, terrible stuff to suddenly realize, oh, no, 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 this has always been important. This continues to be important. And, you know, who we choose to stand up and be gets to determine the kind of world we live in next. You know, I don't want to, I don't know that I want to live in a world where that stuff doesn't matter. And I think it's important that my kids know that it matters. And whether that just means, you know, in November you go out and vote or it means you go and attend a protest, or it means you go to a pride parade and stand there and clap. You know, that stuff is all important. And yeah. we are living in a time when it is easier than ever to be involved in things. And that can lead to a lot of stress and a lot of heartache. You know, it's, uh, we've gotten, my wife and I, I should say, have gotten into fights on the internet, which is the dumbest thing ever. But at the same time, it feels like something that is, you know, it's important to talk about, you know, and that is the ability to, to not let things lie when we see people that we like saying and doing things that need to be, you know, that they need to be called out on. And yeah. that's, 
on one sense, it feels like an incredibly stupid use of your time because it's the internet and nothing ever changes on the internet. But on the other hand, you know, you need to, you need to speak, you need to be heard when you've got something to say. And I'm grateful that I live in a time where that's a possibility. It's, there's a lot of things that are different and a lot of things that are, you know, I heard something recently that talked about the way that everything is changing in the world that we are growing up in this world of the internet and the world of YouTube and the world of everyone's got a camera on their phone and 3000 apps and just this place that we find ourselves in right now. And what they were and what they said is everybody talks about how terrible the world is right now and all the things that we're losing and nothing is the way that it is or nothing is the way that it was or the way that I remember it. And Oh my God, it's the end of society. And you know, I mean, maybe that's true, but (laughs) I think it is an equal possibility that, you know, things are just because it's different. Doesn't mean it's bad. It does mean we don't have a blueprint and that's scary. You know, you can't rely on the way that your grandfather raised your father in the way that his, you know, that your great grandfather raised your great great, you can't rely on that stuff because things are different. We don't have a blueprint for how we're going to go forward. We don't know what's good and what's bad. We do know that they're different, and I don't like seeing something different and immediately labeling it as a bad thing. I think you just learn to approach it intellectually. You learn to approach it critically, and you learn to sort of make your own judgment and pay attention. And I think that we are in a place where people get to do the kind of things that. We never, you know, that, that other generations never got to dream of. And that's a pretty cool place to raise a kid too. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that maybe that not having a blueprint is exactly what we need right now, you know, because Mm. the blueprint that we had wasn't working so well. And so now there's a time to rewrite it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a lot to be said for not believing that everything is hopeless and that everything is, um, is wrong and bad because like you said, just because we haven't seen it before doesn't mean it's not what we need right now. Hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it, when you can see it, you'll never make it through the night. Mm, Here, here to that. You're absolutely right. (laughs) She's... She's a wise, wise woman, was a wise, wise woman, I have to say. Um, okay, so because you sort of went, went backwards a little bit to our childhood, I, I need to ask you this. So the name of this, this podcast is Curiosity Cured the Kate. So the older I get, the more wisdom I believe there is in, um, in our curiosity. So as you're about to welcome your first child, tell me what you were curious about when you were a kid, because I didn't know you then. You know, I heard you ask this on your last episode, and so (laughs) I tried to think about it, and I kind of feel like the answer was everything. Um, I, I, I asked so many questions when I was a kid to everybody about everything. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, we would go to Mystic Seaport or Old Sturbridge Village or whatever, and I couldn't walk five feet without stopping somebody and saying, like, who are you? Oh, well, I'm a ship captain. What, what do you do? Oh, well, I do this. Well, why do you do that? Well, what's that thing? What are you holding? What's in your pocket? What's the, you know, and that was just 
absolutely everybody. I wanted to know what does the blacksmith do and what does the butter churn lady do and how does this thing work and why does that thing swim? Why does it swim instead of fly? What's the, you know, everybody had just, I had so many questions about what everyone wanted to do and I had absolutely no fear about wandering away to go ask them. Um, when so I was... you're either a teacher's worst dream or, uh, or worst dream. Best dream or worst nightmare, depending on the teacher and the parents so. as well. <laughs> Maybe so. I know when I was, yeah, when I was very young, uh, my parents had, uh, they said I would tell them I was going high in, which is me walking around <laughs> saying hi to people and asking them questions. And yeah, so. Going high in. Oh, I'm definitely yep. going to bring that back around for you. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. And, and uh, the other big thing that I really, really remember was dinosaurs. Uh, I was fascinated. And I think that's really common, but I was yeah. just, oh my God, I was, I couldn't get enough. I just, I had so many books. I knew all the names. I used to have little like models made out of like particle board where you punch out all the different bones and then you figure out how they all fit together. I had tons and tons <laughs> and tons. In elementary school, I belonged to the dinosaur club, which was just like four <laughs> or five of us who stayed in at recess and read books about dinosaurs. Um, oh, that's pretty cute. Yeah, but that was, it was really just, I, I wanted to know about everything, how all of it worked. I was fascinated by cartoons um, and not just like what the cartoons were. Like I understood at a very early age, like they're not real people. They're not like men in the box or anything. They're, you know, it's a bunch of drawings and they all, they move really, really fast. And then you would, uh, and, and then it looks like they're moving, but it's really just a bunch of still pictures. I got all that. But I also remember thinking that it was all happening in real time. And yeah. so that there was just like a bunch of pictures being shown really, really, really fast at a camera. And there were people off stage at the microphone who were saying the voices. And <laughs> I used to just have sort of the, these Rube Goldbergian contraptions in my head about how pretty much everything worked if I could not outwardly see it. I was always interested in how things got from, you know, A to Z. And if I didn't know, I would make it up. That's incredible. And it doesn't surprise me at all because you are, I feel like you're still that way. And you're um, one of the most well-read people that I know. Oh, and thanks. you, and you also, it reminds me so much of, of my son and, and Zach too, you know, they're, they're both like that. But when I, I sometimes kind of stare at my son and think what in the world is going through his head and that that the Rube Goldberg devices and and just I mean every, at dinner time he just comes out with the randomest stuff um he said yesterday what what in the hell was he talking about it was something oh my gosh I can't even remember it was about some some creature specific to Mexico that lives in only fresh water and it's endangered. And he had like some really bizarre fact about this creature. I'm like, how did you even know about that? And it turns out it was, it was somehow related to Pokemon and he watched this video and he knew that, but he like, but then historical, I mean, now that he's 15, like things are really, there's just so much. And he comes yeah. out with this piece, you know, pieces of history or just scientific facts that I, it's just the way his brain works. And I definitely see you being like that as a younger kid. I knew I liked that kid. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds an awful lot like me. I used to have, I used to have a subscription to the zoo books. I loved zoo books and I, I would do exactly the same thing. Like, hey mom, do you know what an axolotl is? It's a weird That's what it was. thing. Oh really? That's <laughs> okay. what it was. That's exactly. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> I just couldn't remember the name. That's exactly, exactly the friggin' thing. And he's drawing it right now, as a matter of fact. But that was the creature. They're endangered. So there you go. Because they're only in that one part of the world. You know, Holy okay, shit. yeah. You must have just triggered something in my brain. But yeah. I... <laughs> That's so awesome. Yes, that is exactly what it was. So I, I should have a conversation with your mom. I have a feeling we would probably be able to talk for a long time <laughs> about that. So in this moment, what would you say you are most curious about? In this moment, I am, I guess what I am most curious about is where we go from here. Um, mm -hmm. I think in, in, in a lot of senses, I get, I get to sort of be interested in, in this weird detached academic way, but in a lot of really important ways, I'm interested in a really, really important right now, how is this going to affect my life and my daughter's life kind of way? Uh, there's a lot of big stuff going on. You know, I, I don't think it's wrong to draw comparisons to like 1968, where just yeah. things are changing and things are, again, we are in this world right now that is very rapidly moving into something very different and we have you know the, the the baby boomer generation is they're getting old they're about to retire this is the you know the biggest generation in american history is suddenly moving out of the workforce and they're going to start using retirement benefits and we have all sorts of things that are not in place for them or are you know just sort of held together by a shoestring right now that we're not thinking about because there's a pandemic and then there's murder hornets and now there are protests <laughs> Lots of murder hornets. And, yeah. <laughs> you know there are just all of these other things and i think we are still in, in a and in the, the planet is dying and just all of these other wonderful things that you know keep me in a constant state of near depression and the yep. you know but we're also at a place where we can still change all of it you know, we are in a place, we have the ability to affect tremendous change. And we're also in a place where it feels like people are starting to listen. Um, I think there was something I believed in during my 20s that um, I now, you know, I, I don't believe in quite the same way any longer called slacktivism, which is, you know, just sort of getting out and doing something actually not getting out and doing something, doing something from your couch. <laughs> you know, that's slacktivism is, was I think a great idea in my head or the heads of the people who came up with it. And it's just sort of morphed into changing your banner on Facebook to, you know, put a little ring around your picture that says black lives mm -hmm. matter or whatever. And I don't think that that's in and of itself is enough anymore, but I think other people have oh, figured that out too. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've tried not doing very much, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it turned out when you don't do very much, not very much happens. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity here for just for, for real true change. I think people's eyes are open in a way that I'm not sure that they were 15 years ago. I don't think that they were 25 years ago. And I want to see, I want to see what happens. I want to see where we end up. And I think we have so much potential, you know, there, there is so much potential in people and there is never been, there has never been more opportunity for more people to exhibit their potential just in look at all the art and the humor that's coming out of everything that's going on here. And people, when yeah. you suddenly have three months to sit on your ass and think about it 
you come up with ideas or things that, you know, you could do. And it turns out you've actually got the time to do them. You know, we're in a place right now that could bring about a lot of really important, really necessary change. And that is so exciting to me. And I just, I just want to see it. I want to hit the fast forward button, but at the same time, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think with, with so much, so many things that need our attention right now, you know, we have to, to figure out where we're going to put our energy and, and put it there. And, Mm. but the first part of that is, is being thoughtful enough to even see your place in it and um, reflect on how, how and where you can actually make a difference. And I have no doubt um, that you will, that you will do that and you will teach your daughter to do the same. So I'm glad you could see it. I want to thank you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) I can definitely, definitely see it in both you and Amanda. And this, this baby is um, crazy lucky. Thanks. She's going to have a great, a great set of parents. So that's, um, you know what, and things to be thankful for. That is definitely one of them. So and she's going to have an amazing Auntie Kate too. So, well, you're right. To she totally is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't wait to meet her either. So Alan, thank you for just being such a thoughtful person and for taking the time to, to even talk to me today. And I mean, we just, hit the tip of the iceberg about all the things that need to be talked about right now globally as well as in your you know in your personal personal sphere um and i hope that we can do it again soon on and off the air can't wait thank you so much for having me (laughs) all right alan absolutely anytime and i will talk to you soon bye Thanks so much for listening. Feel free to visit me at curiositycuredthekate.com. And don't forget to subscribe. I really appreciate you being part of the conversation. Till next time.